Is it because the standard KPIs maybe cannot handle the transformation and the agility? Because really, what we want to measure is connection to the vision of the team. You are listening to the Future Proof Operations Podcast. The manufacturing sector is evolving and the work that happens on the front line is the key to driving future readiness. On each episode, we bring you conversations with global leaders in industrial companies. Our goal is to discuss trends, stories and people in digital manufacturing and offer the latest insight into solutions. Subscribe and be sure to check out our website for more resources at operationsone.com. I'm your podcast host, Benjamin Brockman. This episode is brought to you by Operations One. Operations One is the leading platform to bring operations to a new level of excellence. By supporting frontline operations from planning to execution to analytics, companies benefit from an empowered workforce, increased operational excellence, and future-proof operations. Visit operationsone.com for more information. Good morning, Nabil. Welcome to the Future Proof Operations Podcast. Good morning. Thank you for the invitation. Great to have you on the podcast, Nabil. Before we start, could you give me a 60 seconds overview of who you are and what you are doing? Okay. So, Nabil Riani, uh, actually, I am the general plant manager for one plant from Gruner Group. I am also the product owner of EMSEA team. And in basic, I am an engineer in electronic fields since 2003. And practically with, let's say, 20 years experience in a different area, like quality development, industrialization, even HR development also. And in many industrial activities like injection plastic, PCD, assembly in automotive energy, and so on. You already mentioned the product owner role, and I know that from the software development perspective, looking forward to the podcast, because I know that we will talk about topics which are in between software development and manufacturing. Before we do that, could you give me a little bit more insights about the Gruner Group? So what is it about? How big? How many employees? What are you producing? Gruner Group is a worldwide group company, mainly the activities concern, let's say, the design and production of relays, solenoids, and also actuators, mainly for automotive, let's say, sector, for energy, smart meters, and electronic control. So practically more than 1,600 employees, and mainly we have the four plants, Vengen, India, Serbia, and Tunisia. And I am actually in Tunisia. Great. Thanks for the introduction. What is Industry 4.0 for you? Is it a relevant topic? We know that term for 10 years already, and some companies seem to be very much in it, and other ones still work paper-based. So where are you? It's a relevant topic, of course. And as any company, before five years, we started working on it in all the plans. And in the meantime, we adapted the approach to be more benefit. This the work on the industry 4.0 to reach more the transformation level rather than to put only technology and to be happy using only technology. Before we dive deeper into that, take us on a tour in your factory. So if I would be visiting you, we go on the production floor. How is it looking like? How many workers are working together with you? What kind of automation level do you have? And so on. So now we have more than 350 employees. 
and we have different production assembly lines and injection molding machines, press machines, is a combination between different kinds of uh, processes. And we have full automated processes, but also semi-automated processes. So the level of automation and what we name industry 4.0 practice is mixed. Some of processes well equipped and the others still in semi-automatic processes using, let's say, operators. So when you have been thinking with your team about digitalizing the shop floor, was it more about connecting the machines, for example, or was it more about getting rid of paper and getting more digital setup or more digital assets to your workers? The connection of the machines, it's done now. Uh, all uh, Practically the most of the machines can be leaded by the group. When some experts need to make action from Wengen, they can do it, especially the end of lines where they are fully connected to the group. And of course, the papers were imagined at maximum. Practically, we use paper only for certain things, but also there is the full connection of teams. Now the teams are cross plans, so we can manage that uh, easiest way to get support from everywhere, uh, from every plant, from every team. So in the last years, you have been at a point where you together with your team, you want to change something and you want to digitalize, you want to transform and you want to do it in a certain way. And then you came across Scrum, Agility, so Agile project frameworks. And I know that from software development perspective, and when we talked in the last preparation call, I found that super interesting that this is applicable for manufacturing as well. So before we start, what is Scrum and Agile project management for you? Let's say we can start by Agile, let's say, thinking. So if we talk about the last three years, what was happening in the world? So if we talk about COVID, restrictions, if we talk even about many other things. So here, this volatile or cast market changing, and we don't know in every month what is changing in the world. So we need a certain agility from the organization. So like that, the organization can be flexible and can every time adapt the product we deliver to the needs of the market and customers. And if you talk about Scrum, so what is the way to be agile in an organized way? Because agility needs more involvement from all the layers of workers. So everyone will be connected to make his intervention and initiative. So this Scrum can be the methodology can manage all of that. Because if we will use a standard system, cannot be a container for agility. The agility is bigger, is higher than any standard system. So this Scrum can be the good way to answer the perfect organization for teams and organization. And how did you come across these frameworks? Because I found it very unusual that you talk about that. And of course, it makes sense overall. But how did you come to Scrum? How did you come to Agile Project Framework? Honestly, from my side, let's say it was strategic, let's say, orientation from group level in the group, from CEO and the team learned a lot about this agility and comes to us, let's say, is something uh, we see that helping us a lot. So it was the perfect need, especially with starting of COVID situation. It becomes not option. It was strategic orientation maybe for 15 years, but with the starting of COVID, 
it was perfect solution at that moment. What have been the reasons for Gruner and for your team to go in this direction? So have there been some particular pain points beforehand where you knew, okay, we definitely have to change something or what was the trigger moment? I remember that it was the main, what the need from whole customers and the group, it was the flexibility and how to be connected all and how all the levels can be motivated and evolved. So the solution of this Scrum Agile is perfect to satisfy this need expressed by the whole group. Nabil, when you talk about motivation, which kind of impact does Scrum and Agility have on the motivation of your employees? And why do you think it's like that? The mechanism or let's say the process or the approach itself of the Scrum Agile We have well looped, so now we we'll talk about the language of Scrum, so the sprints. So we have periodic sprints. For us, we fixed one week for standard teams. And for more development of product, they are three weeks as a sprint period. Then the solution itself allow the team working a daily basis, our daily, with openness and the sharing the values of Scrum Agile. There are the increased motivation of employees, especially the transparency the courage and additional, let's say, values, even development with teamwork. When you mentioned sprints, help me to understand how the daily work, the routines are changing for your team. Let's assume I'm a team member and you are my boss and I've been part of that transformation. So how is the day now looking like? What about the routines? How do we communicate? How do we work? As a starting, we have to clarify that there is no bus in Scrum Agile, so we can remove it. Your role changed? Yeah, my role changing. Let's say really the nomination as general plant manager is for practically mainly for external needs. When we need a certain official, let's say, representative for some things, especially for authorities and so on. But really in our life in the company, No more as a executive meta scrum and executive action team working with other teams. So if you are a member of one team, if we talk at majority, we have the agile production teams, for example, production. So if you are a member in the newer team, there is no direct connection. The team where you are working with, you are fully autonomous. And the frame from the beginning, establishing a vision for the team and values to work together, And with daily retrospective and the demo later on, which is a connection between us, so let you working to reach the vision. And from our side as EMS AAT, so work on the performance of the organization. Also, we have our daily, our retro, and even our demo, and then you will be stakeholders. So in your demo, we are part of stakeholders. Of course, there are other stakeholders like customer and so on, and other teams. But in our demo, you are a part of stakeholders. So you can think about how to validate our product as an organization with you also. So you are part of stakeholders where you can comment and make a critics on our products, which is the organization. And you can also tell that, okay, maybe this cannot fit with something. So we have to take into consideration and we make our planning for the next spring according to that. Wasn't it a very big transformation for the whole team when you say, we talked about boss in the past, but now we talk about teams. We are talking about vision, about values. We will have a retrospective. 
So I assume it has been a very big change for everybody and a big mindset change as well. Exactly. It's big transformation. Other culture, other how to do the respect, which now in the team is so high. All is inner, let's say, inner motivation, inner implication, all uh, happen inner from us. No one pushing you to make something. I would like to go a little bit deeper and understand certain areas within that new framework. You talked about vision. How did you set up the vision? So what was the vision beforehand? Probably for everybody just doing my job, right? And then you talk with your colleagues about setting up a vision. How was that process? How did you find that vision? The vision is defined at its importance. But let's say in standard way, there is one at the head fixing a vision and he's trying to influence people. This is the vision and how to involve them on that vision. So the vision is existing before the Azure Scrum. But now we'll talk about common vision. So it was a longer process, really. And really, before the vision, we established the values. So it's inverted, let's say, a little bit. Because the vision now is a common work. It's not my vision. It's a team vision. So after establishing the value, so we can collaborate together. Then we have mainly nine values, but reduced in five values to be more effective in the understanding. So, and we made a certain exercise applying the values. This is, takes practically the values itself two months, three months, until the values are clear for whole the team. Then we started establishing the vision. So it started by everyone make like dreaming, not sleeping, but imagination process. So it takes everyone practically 10 or 15 minutes. Imagine what we see our company in the next 10 or 15 years, then we shared each one its, let's say, imagination or the picture of our future. And then we started negotiating. So until many workshops, until we come with the intersection of all of that, then we have at the end one vision. But this is a common vision. It's not mine. Can you give us an example for a value, for example, or two values? So we have taken the transparency, which is already existing in the Scrum Agile, let's say, the respect, the responsibility, and also the innovation, because we want to be a leader on implementing the group also vision, which is contained the innovation also and commitment. These are the main five values designed together. You have that vision, you have the values, and now you want to bring it to life. And I heard already from you that it is a daily, that there is a retrospective. Help us to understand how this meeting formats bring the values and the vision to life. So after a certain period, before these Scrum loops, it was many workshops with assistance of, we have one coach in our group helping us. And later on, as you mentioned, so we have practically in every team, the team members or the developers in the language of Scrum, we have the product owners and also the Scrum master. So the Scrum Master is a big responsibility to ensure that the how done according to the Scrum approach and also the values are on life. So everything we do on a daily basis and very true is practically a daily basis, check it with incorporation with the values. And for everything not respecting our values is addressed in our retro openly within the team only with the support of Scrum Master. 
and this Scrum Master makes that the team members are so open to share what's happening and there was a personal development, let's say, sessions on that way to ensure the implementation of the values. Is it working out like expected? So do you have openness, transparency within the retrospectives? I know that from software development as well, that it's a process to get the team into the mode of really sharing what is good and what is bad, especially if you didn't do it before for the last 10 or 15 years. You have right. At the beginning, I remember the first retros. So I was present uh, in certain retros also with our CEO. But later on, to answer the openness, we decided that the retro is only the team itself. Then they are more open to each other with the help, with the certain support from personal development team. Then like that, by exercises, it was not easier from the beginning, but following many exercises, then the team starting to be open. And one thing which is important is the courage. And this from our side, we tried every time by working in our team as EMS80, showing that we are example of openness and so on. So we accept every comment, every idea, every critics, and we handle it correctly, that everyone feels open. So did you change your behavior as well because you need to be a role model for your team? And was it a bigger change for you? Yeah, of course, yes. I remember, let's say, before, like any standard, let's say, management. So orientation, we have to do performance and visual assessment for everyone contributing. We have strategy. So I am the person who defined the strategy. So all things happening by orientation and validation and so on. A little bit hard in my talks, one direction. <laughs> so you need to develop yourself further as well. Exactly. Starting from as let's say, yeah, have right. If I would like to transform my way of working in my shop floor and my factory as well, and I would use your role model, how should I set up the project? So how did the project start from your perspective? Which kind of stakeholder? Did you involve? How long did it take you? Is it already finished? Cannot be finished because it's a continuous, let's say, <laughs> improvement. From the beginning, it was one year about theoretical, let's say, knowledge. Many sessions for theoretical, let's say, training on the Scrum Agile, Agonetic Scrum Guide. And then we started pilot or examples of teams, and which was concerning some optional teams, let's say, not optional, but the development teams let's say, yeah, in the organization. For example, TPM team, total productive maintenance team, the Lean Six Sigma team, the training development team. And then by practice, within one year, now the approach is more clear. And starting from the third year, we started the hard transformation by transforming the production teams also. It was a little bit hard because many changes in the organization. So even though there was changes in the leadership team because we were talking about the managers, now about product owners and scrum masters. So completely change. Then we started the real change inside production and we were fixing target about to reach 80% of the organization with working with agile teams. Practically now within four years, I think the level now it's so good. It's not our assessment, but from many comes to us working on the same topic in, for other companies. Our level now is good. And four years, it's a plenty of time. So you didn't do it from yesterday to today. It's not done in days or weeks. 
cannot be done in days or weeks. It will not be a real transformation, let's say. If you now look on the current state, you said you will never be done, so it's a continuous improvement process. But if you take the current state and compare it to five years ago, what is the biggest benefit that you see coming out of that transformation? And what is the biggest benefit for Gruner as a company? For us here, the motivation level now for all our employees, even for me, it's so high. The value of contribution, it's also so high. And the organization is well robust, practically with any needs. The organization, in autonomous way, all the teams adapt the approach to these loops existing already in this Scrum Agile. And for the group, we was a leader on this transformation. So we reached the level that we present. We made our demo for whole the group, and we was a leader on that. We were so happy, and also the level of satisfaction when we uh, the group make for us yearly satisfaction. We made a concrete progress on that and also for our customers. Now, practically in terms, even the customer assessment, customer complaints also was reduced to a huge level. So satisfaction now is for whole internally here for us and also for the group and our customers also. Satisfaction, motivation. Did you see changes in production KPIs as well? I could assume the failure rates, for example, could decrease because you have more ownership of the result of your work. Do you see something like that? Yes. Practically, the external, let's say, KPIs, which are connected to our customers, are perfectly, let's say, improved, especially the number of complaints and external TPMs. I have to mention, it was a little bit many discussions about KPIs because the use of KPIs in Agility needs certain adaptation. It was not easy because the standard KPIs maybe cannot handle the transformation and the agility. Because really, what we want to measure is a connection to the vision of the team. And here, the KPIs cannot handle that, cannot help on that. And this needs certain clarifications for whom want to use KPIs with the agile teams. Nabil, in the last five or four years, you went through a transformation project. You took a lot of decisions, you learned a lot. What have been your biggest learning on that journey? What would you do probably different today? So practically the main learning is how our way of leadership is making progress to reach a certain, what we name a servant leader. So is leadership by influence, by mentoring, or okay, sometimes by coaching but also how to focus on the organization development and people development. Yeah, this is the main learning that where I developed myself. I find that very interesting. As a summary of the whole thing, the transformation starts with yourself, right? Exactly, yeah. Okay, we are coming to an end already, Nabil. It's super interesting to talk with you. And at the end, I would like to understand what is your vision for your factory 10 years from now. So what do you want to achieve and how is the final picture looking like for you in 10 years? So here, as you mentioned before about the industry 4.0. So now after this big transformation that we made here, I can see a full smart clean factory, but in concrete way, in deep way, in deep using of in a right way, the technology whatever, in automation or smartness or allows the technology. And also we want to work 
again on to be a leader on that in the group level and to reach uh, in uh, even our product to help the group to innovate our products for many other innovative activities, let's say, and to be a leader in, in the world, let's say, on this material. Nabil, thanks for being on the podcast. It was a pleasure to talk with you. See you next time. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening and we hope you found this episode valuable. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a five-star review. You can find more information and resources at operationsone.com. This episode is brought to you by Operations One. Operations One is the leading platform to bring operations to a new level of excellence. By supporting frontline operations from planning to execution to analytics, companies benefit from an empowered workforce, increased operational excellence and future-proof operations. Visit operationsone.com for more information.